Welcome to Skip This Podcast. My name's Luke. And my name's Brownie. We're just a couple of mates who decided to get together and talk about our own mental health. Along the way, we'll chat to some real people and hear their stories and advice on how they deal with mental health. So if this doesn't sound like it's for you, feel free to skip this. Or listen. Oh, I don't really care. Nathan is ready. Nathan is ready. Yes. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> We're back. Are you welcoming back me back or are we welcoming back the listeners because we've been a bit dark? No, I guess you first. Okay. Welcome back. Thank you. Welcome back to you too. <laughs> um, and also welcome back to the, the show, to our get, uh, to our uh, listeners. Yeah. Um, we've obviously had a couple of weeks off here. Yeah. Uh, we did gift you guys with a double episode last time, so I yeah. kind of feel like we earned it. Yeah, we earn a week off. Um, we, have, we have real jobs and lives. And from the response that, I, that we got from that episode, um, I think a a couple of weeks off was almost needed. Yeah, well, for me, it's me as well. Yeah. Fuck it, eh? Um, you came today and you just said, you just want to say a couple of things about it. Yeah. Um, what was your reaction to Brownies, or the other Brownies episode? Oh, yeah. So, obviously, I think that's probably the first time in about 15 years on that last podcast I've been lost for words. I was just kind of blown away by everything he had to say and um, – how how he articulated such a such a tough tragic story of heartbreak and then hope and um i think learning about a lot of other people's struggles you should never you should never devalue devalue your own kind of struggles and battle everyone's personal battle is the most important battle but instead of looking at other people's problems or troubles mental issues whatever and just say hey i shouldn't he's doing it a lot tougher I need to man up. Instead, what I did from Brownie's story, it just gave me inspiration. I know like the next day, I just wanted to be a better person because mm. of his attitude towards life and and the, the hand that he had been dealt and the fact that he just kept getting up day after day and was at such a pillar of strength. And since then, it's been what, it's two weeks since we recorded that? Every day, I just make it a goal, a mission just to make someone else's day, whether it's a phone call to a friend or a random person in the street, just be really polite to someone. Mm. I think that's what I got out of his story was just like I, I've listened to it three times and just uh, it still blows me yeah, away. Yeah, so. it's nuts. I, I, I knew going into this whole thing that if there was anyone who was going to... Uh, Shut me up? <laughs> but no, if there was anything, anyone who was going to come up, uh, have a story that was just going to blow everyone away... It was just a, a typical bloke from the Central Coast yeah. that, that is going to do it. Like celebrities and all that aside, like you hear so many podcasts with famous people going on and telling their story and sometimes you just go, well, that's great, but yeah. like there's can't other really people. Relate. Yeah, yeah. You, I can't relate. Yeah. Um, and hearing that, it's just like it is, it is just He's just a normal bloke yeah. with, with, with just a great attitude yeah. for life. And a heart of gold. And a heart of gold and a <laughs> Funny fuck as well. He's I want really more. He's my hero. <laughs> I want. I want more time with Brownie. Yeah. I didn't think there was uh, the world was big enough for two brownies, but I've come around on that. Yeah, I think. Or if is. not, I'll go. He can yeah. stay. Speaking of brownies, yes, brownies mailbag. Yes, I didn't, do it. He didn't do I it. didn't do I it. I didn't do it. So you just. I know you didn't do it. I just passed you. So yeah. So this week, this week, brownies mailbag is brought to you by uh, Lucas Gold Goldman because he just handed me this. Hi. Hope you don't mind me calling you that. Uh, it was in the, the title of the email. It was refreshing. Oh, yes. So the subject is refreshing. So that's 
I hope you don't mind me calling you that. Refreshing. <laughs> I just started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago, went on the hunt for something to listen to that may help me with my own depression and anxiety. I just want you to know how refreshing it is to listen to mates just letting it all out. While going to counselling has helped, I feel like your podcast has inspired me to be more open and honest with my own mates. I live in Adelaide. Sorry to hear that. And I'm 51 <laughs> years old, emotional father of two teenage girls who aren't so much, which represents some challenges. May I'd love to help you there, but I probably can't. At any age, being vulnerable takes a lot of guts. So well done, guys, and keep it rolling for as long as it feels right. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's, that gives me goosebumps. Yeah, because, like, and that's, that's like... I keep I keep thinking that these emails and these messages of support are going to come from people that know us. Yeah, sure. Like, agreed. We're we're doing something here, and sometimes it feels like, oh yeah, we'll get the encouragement from like parents and friends and cousins yep. and all that sort of stuff. But when you get an email like that from someone, someone who I've know, never yeah. met in my life, yep. from a totally different state, yeah. who just happened upon our show, yeah. and it's working for him, then that's amazing. That yeah, gives cool. me goosebumps, as you yep. say, about about all that sort of thing. Yeah, so, that's rad. This episode's a bit different to what we've been doing. Yeah, we've already done it. <laughs> <We've> <laughs> oh, no, spoiler no, alert. Spoiler alert. The illusion is that this is happening before the show. Okay, so we <laughs> haven't done the interview. <laughs> we haven't done the interview. Okay. Um, so Fix that in post. This is a little bit of a different episode in the sense that um, we wanted to branch out to obviously anyone who wants to tell their story and someone who came forward. Uh, was a, a good friend of ours that yep. we haven't spoken to in a while. Yep. And he sent us an email that was just incredible about yep. a story of of heartbreak, uh, emotion, rage, everything yeah, in one. Yeah, it's got it all. It's a Hollywood blockbuster <laughs> and, ready to be made. Yeah, sure. and so what we're going to do is we're actually going to Zoom call him mm-hmm. and we're going to chat to him and he's going to tell us all the story. Yep. Um, and we're, we're really excited to have this guy on and I'm really excited just to talk to him because it's been so long. You've chatted to him a couple of times yeah, before yeah. the show. Yeah, so we, we got his, um, his kind of letter about five weeks ago. He actually called, I actually called him and said, you want to come on the podcast? And I said, you know what, just, just write some stuff down because this, this that's exactly what I did when you said to me, we're going to do this podcast about mental health. So I was like, I'll just start writing some stuff down just to kind of collect my thoughts. Like I do joke about being unprepared and whatnot, but I did want to, did at the very start of this, I wanted to kind of collect my thoughts in writing because I've always loved writing anyway. Mm-hmm. And before I knew it, I had written 18 pages of just kind of this back and forth to and fro story with no no structure whatsoever. And this guy did the almost the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. He just he said, I said just. Just tell us a bit of your story, a couple of paragraphs. Six pages later, he's written this beautiful, eloquent, written letter with all the struggles that he's been through. And I I definitely felt bad because this is a guy I've known for 17 years, but we've kind of drifted apart as our lives have kind of moved Mm. in different states and countries and whatnot. And to read that was at first heartbreaking and then it turned into kind of the inspiring that he wanted to come on and tell tell his stories a guy originally from the northern beaches i met him through mutual friends uh in 2003 which is about the same time you met him mm. um he's he's um a loving husband and father of two currently lives in uh margaret river uh, western australia so on the on the west coast the second best coast of australia uh ladies and gentlemen uh welcome to skip this via zoom uh, ben jones 
Oh, I can hear him. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Benjamin. What? What's happening? How are you? Good. Jonesy, welcome to the show. I actually was trying to pick the last time that that I saw you, and it might have been like a a soccer match or something like that with the boys. But, um, geez, what have you been up to? Um, I've had fleeting cameos sort of since, I suppose, about 2011, I guess. Um, So, yeah, I've moved around quite a fair bit. um, And I left the beaches around about, I think it was around about 2006. Um, So I went to London at that point and have been away pretty much ever since. Yeah, right. Hence my, my scarcity. Well, I know Nathan's missed you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I met I met Jonesy in I think two thousand and three, just with some mutual, just via mutual friends, and we kind of connected straight away. We were both uh, lovers of a good time, kind of like lives of the party. And then we ended up he ended up joining a soccer team I was playing with, and then I think it was in two thousand and seven. I had to miss the soccer grand final because I had to go over to London for work, but I ended up spending mm. three days with uh, Ben Jones in, in London, three days of which I don't really remember too much of. <laughs> and then and then other than that, we, we had a, we've had we had two nights out in Perth in the last kind of 10 years since he's uh, been yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Again, don't remember a lot of those two nights, but yeah, that's two of the last yeah. four times I've seen Jonesy have not been here. So he's been a long time gone, unfortunately. We did... We did have that night at uh, at uh, at Jimmy's house where all of a yep. sudden the, the police were standing next to us. Yep, we, we're not allowed to talk in the about backyard. <laughs> the band. We're not really allowed to talk about <laughs> yeah, that yeah, incident either. <laughs> for for those of you uh, listening, James is Munro the weatherman. So yes, uh, the cops have followed him over the years. So we best not go down that road. <laughs> yeah, we can't go down. So that welcome, road. Bones Bonesaw. We're uh, really excited to have you because yeah, you were um, one of the guys who's kind of been listening from the very start and i think luke's going to touch on the letter you sent to us yeah like we um we obviously spoke about it on a recent episode and i think it was just before we recorded that episode we got your email and that morning i got it and i sent it to nathan and i was like fuck is this jonesy jonesy like at, at first i was like i haven't like heard from you i didn't know that you were in perth i didn't know where you would end it up and um yeah. and i remember just we were talking about it and we were going geez that's a incredible like story of i don't know exactly what we're doing here like it's it's this whole thing where where you just bottle up emotion and you just try to stick through and deal with all this sort of stuff and um you're obviously somehow we have we gave you some sort of hope and some sort of help in it um yeah do you want to just touch on where you ended up from london obviously where you sort of got to that part in in your story and then uh, where did you end up after London? Uh, so my, 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 at, th- at that point, she was my girlfriend. She's from Perth, uh, Christy, and we really didn't know where we were going to live. So we just stayed in London for as long as possible. And then we got to a point where we realised that, that this was, you know, probably going to be long term. And uh, my parents had left Sydney and my brother was in California. So... The only logical choice was to go to to, to WA, um, so that that just sort of evolved and that happened. Um, and I didn't really find myself fitting in there. Um, 
it was just very different to the northern beaches. I didn't know anyone. Um, and But that was, you know, at first it wasn't that, it wasn't a big deal. You know what I mean? I yeah. sort of thought, well, this is what's going to happen. You know, you, you're living on the other side of the country, you know, what, what do you what do you sort of expect? You know, you, yeah, you'll yeah. make new friends and everything will everything will start to fall into place. Um, so after about six months in Perth, I then uh, ended up taking a job working away on a, a gas plant um, up at Barrow Island, which is about a two and a half hour flight north and off the coast. And so that was a four in one roster. Yeah. Um, and I did that for three and a half years. So what's that? That's four weeks on, one week off. Correct. Yep. Like yeah, non-stop the roster four was weeks. Sl- yeah, twelve twelve hours a day, four weeks straight. Um, Shit. I think on the on the halfway point, so the fourteenth day, you had a half day off on a Sunday. Mm. Great <laughs> to get to church, so, of course. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. My my days typically we're getting up at about. 4.30, maybe slightly earlier, and getting back to my room at about 7.30 to then try and, you know, gather my thoughts and have a bit of normality. So it's, yeah. it's a long it's a long day before you, you know, you get to, to knock off. Um, and we, Christy was with me for about a year and a half at, at, up there as well, which was really good. We were both working together. And at that point, um, she she fell pregnant and I continued to work until our firstborn Aria was about one. And that's when I stopped working away. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, obviously that industry is pretty tough mentally already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, and it's, and it's they, a real blokey sort of industry as well. I'd assume. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of a strange one because the guys that were up there, I actually got to know really well and everyone was quite comfortable sort of talking to it amongst themselves about, you know, the, the struggles that they were facing because you kind of knew that the people that you were working with up there were separate to your personal life. Yeah. So you could, you could share with them, you know, exactly what was going on and, and you knew that it wouldn't get back to base, you know. So there was, yeah. there was a comfort there. But at the same time, everyone was struggling, and they called it the four and one roster. I think they call it the suicide roster. Ooh. It's Ooh. yeah, yeah. It's it's not sustainable. It's it's hardcore. I mean, it's it's something that you don't really understand until you're in the thick of it. Yeah, right. Why, so why did why did you keep doing it for so long, especially after having a baby? Just the money. Um, look, I knew that my my earning capacity was fairly limited in, in my profession and I'd never really had an opportunity to earn good money and I knew that this was sort of make or break and this was going to really set the family up. You know, it yeah. was going to basically make us financially free. Like we we would have been we would have been going into our 40s with near enough no mortgage. Yep. Yeah, right. You know, own, owning a house. Yeah. Um, Kids, you know, everything was everything was all in place. So you had a plan. We had a plan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the five year plan, the ten year plan. Uh, I like to I like to plan. Yeah. And it was all going it was all going really well. Um, we we set a target, and then once we hit that target, uh, we we pulled out. Yep. So and that's the only way to do it. You, you, if you if you stay there, then you end up losing sight of things. Yep. Yeah. Right. 
So then uh, what changed from there? Like where did you go from from getting out of that that industry? Um, I, I had sort of climbed the ladder a little bit while I was up north. So I tried to move into like a, a more of a management role. Yeah. And I took a very high-pressure job um, for a, a shop fitting company in Perth, which was a bad move. <laughs> um it was. I think at one point I had, uh, I had sixty emails and thirty phone calls in one hour. How oh, nice! <laughs> and like they were all Nathan's day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe welcome that's to not, office life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not maybe quite, it is. No. I don't know. Yeah, no, it was not like, that and, bad. And every every phone call or or email was uh, a situation that had to be dealt with because I was the maintenance manager. I was basically there to solve problems and yeah. put out the fires, and there there were a lot of fires. Yeah. And you're a, so, you're a, you're a tradie by trade. You're a cabinet maker. Like that's your skill set, right? That's what that's what you yeah. did out of school. So did yep. you make that cabinet yep. behind you? No, I definitely didn't. <laughs> this is um, family oh, heirloom yeah, that's, oh, right. that's soon to be soon to be going in the bin. Okay, we can edit that out if our mum and dad are listening to this. It's going to stay <laughs> yeah, sorry. forever. Sorry, man. Christie's mum and dad. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, yeah. So then you you obviously got out. Um, and you ended up in a higher pressure job than you were in. Yeah, so that that was the the place that I was at um, doing the management role. I, I actually had kind of had a few sort of maybe anxiety attacks at one point mm. um, because it was no matter how long I worked and and how how late I stayed, I couldn't I couldn't get ahead. You know, mm. the the next day was just as bad as the last, and it mm. just it. After a year, I was like, right, I've, I've, I've got to get out of here. So I went to another another company and I thought that was going to be more back to my roots. And within the first two weeks, I knew that I'd made a mistake. Um, but I didn't I didn't have any options. You know, we had we had a, a second daughter was on her way. Yep. Um, we had a mortgage and we'd also bought this block three hours down the coast. So we were gearing up to... We were gearing up to build a house and, and relocate three hours down the coast. Um, so I was kind of stuck there. And the guy that was managing that place, uh, he was a bully. And we'd had about six arguments in the first two weeks, which I'm, I'm not an argumentative person. No, I don't, I'm not, not confrontational. I don't, mm. it doesn't, it's, it's not part of my makeup. Um, yeah. And the penny dropped when we had a barbecue after two weeks and there were all these guys that showed up. And they kept saying, oh, how long did you last? How long did you last? And they'd sort of say, oh, I lasted three months or I lasted four weeks or whatever. And I could see, hang on a minute, there's a common thread here. And and from that point on, it was it was like someone was standing on my chest, like mm-hmm. every day when you went to work. Yeah. And everyone there felt the same. Yeah. It's horrible. Oh, yeah. Shit. So you got out of there? Got out of there. Um I actually came to Sydney for two months. That's how bad it was. I had to I had to flee to Sydney. Yeah. With the family so and everything. No, no, I left no. them there. Um, there was a guy that I was lining up to work with down down here, down the coast, and it was all systems go, and then it fell over at the last minute, and I, I couldn't stay where I was any longer. It was too toxic. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, so I just I rang up a mate in Sydney. He had work, and I said, I'll do it. You know, I've just got to get out of there. So Wait, I basically was, did. What year was this? Jersey? Oh, this was. 
this was basically two and a half years ago. So yep. this is uh, what start of two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I think. Yeah. Um, so I basically came to Sydney for like three weeks, and then I flew home for a week, and then I did that, and I did that for for just over two months, um, and then and then the, it fell into place with the guy down the coast. So. So I, I left Sydney. I came back. I think you might have been overseas, Brownie, at that point. Yeah, I missed. I missed you at this point. Yeah, and I was working like a bit of a, a bit of a demon, and I did frequent the sands quite a bit. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I, I still fly the flag at the sands <laughs> for you these days, mate. Don't even worry about that. Shout out! <laughs> today's episode is not going to be brought to you by the sands because the sands kicked a couple of my friends out of there last weekend. So. Fuck you, Sam. A couple of friends, but you mean that you got kicked out last yeah, week? I didn't know. Irish you did. You <laughs> Irish did. Irish, <laughs> yeah. Well, he's too old for that place anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, so I was I read your um, email again last night just to sort of refresh yep. my memory. And I think yep. it, still, it still gave me the same sort of feelings I got when I first read it. Um, and my heart broke for you for this next part of the story when you obviously finally – made the move down south where like you yep. your dream was going to come true you were going to start a new place um yep. can you tell us about um that whole spiral that happened yeah so everything was in place um we we'd both worked our asses off um finally got the job opportunity that i was after um pretty much had ourselves in the box seat and we started building with a local builder down here and he had a good reputation. Um, and it was probably three months into the build. Um, look, things weren't going great, but I was sort of, you know, that that's building, you know, I, I know that, that it's, it's not, a, not a smooth process often being on plenty of sites. So I get that. And, mm. Um, we had a, uh, a meeting with him one day and I remember the, the last words he said to me that everything was going to be smooth sailing from this point because we'd had a few issues and there'd been a few mistakes and, and, uh, and whatnot and I could see that he was under pressure and then there was sort of radio silence for about two weeks from him and I knew that he was stressed out and there was stuff going on and I was actually worried for him um, mm. Cause he had a young family and you know, I just wanted to make sure that he was all right. But I sort of had a little bit of an inkling that something was not quite right. Um, I couldn't put my finger on it, but he wasn't, yeah, there's, there was just something not quite right. He, he was very vague, aloof, hard to get hold of. Um, and then one day I drove up the road here and there was a truck here at site and it was picking up materials and putting them on the back of the truck from my property mm. and I was like, well, what's going on here? This doesn't look good and got out of the car and my neighbor was standing next to the truck and he just beelined straight for me and he just said, mate, you need to sit down. Um, I've, he said, I don't know how to tell you this, but your builder's gone bust. He's gone under. Jeez. And and I just, I didn't know, I didn't really, the gravity of it didn't really hit me at that point. Um, so I just sort of thought, okay, right, well, we can, you know, this is obviously this happens and there's insurance and things like that in place. So 
at that point, I didn't really understand the ins and outs of it and what what was going to come for the next the next year, basically. Mm. Um, so then I went home that afternoon and I told Christy and had to try and prop her up and make sure everything was going to be all right. And and then things started to just descend from there. Um, there was no contact from the builder. Um, no one knew what to do. Everyone we spoke to, no one had faced the situation. Um, the people that I had spoken to um, that were sort of 50, 60-odd had been in the game for a long time, they basically said, look, when this happens, you know, yeah, you're, you're cooked, it's bad. Because yeah. usually they do it on purpose and yeah. they've covered their asses and, you know, yeah. your money's gone and all this stuff. So um, what you've got, you've basically got a shell of a house, not even, and this yep. guy's got all your money. Yeah, he had a large chunk of our savings, probably most of our savings. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's say, let's say he had two hundred grand of ours. Yeah. Maybe more. Maybe more. And what do you got? I'm just picking rough. Yeah, you got a bit of concrete on the ground. I've got a slab. I've got some frames, some timber frames. I've got a bit of cladding, and the roof is on, but it's not done. So I basically got some sticks up with a roof on it and we're about probably about a month away from serious winter weather hitting. Yeah. Um, And everyone's telling me that this is going to take a year to get restarted. And I'm looking at my house thinking this is just going to be shredded. Like this is going to be a nightmare. Yeah. And you've got to get all that money. You've got to get all that money again. Yeah. Got to – got to figure out what to do i don't know what to yeah. do you yeah. know what what do you do in this scenario um so i rung up the insurance company and they're they're basically their job is to not pay you you know that's how they make money yeah um and they straight away said there was a few technicalities with the contract and they said no no your, your contracts not with not with the builder uh it's with his proprietary limited um, so, and he's changed the, the company through the course of the build, which he'd done in January. So that was yep. probably the first warning flag, like three months earlier. Yeah. Something was not right, but I didn't, we even sat on it for two weeks before we re-signed the new contract because we just, mm. it felt a bit sus. Yeah. And anyway, from that point on, it was like a, a six month battle with the insurance company. Um, we were advised by someone that had been in insurance earlier uh, in, in their work working life how, how to try and find an angle to get a claim because initially they just kept saying that we had an invalid claim. This was even to just get them to accept the claim. Um, and emails, phone calls, documents, phone calls, more emails, late at night, you know, just and beginning to look like we weren't going to get any insurance, mm. which would basically essentially mean that we had a half-finished house, which we'd have to sell at a massive loss, and plus we'd lost all of our savings. Yeah. And that Smart. was – well, that was 20 years' life's work, Yeah, basically. With two young girls as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just just Smart. about to watch it all just go out the window. Yeah. Um, and I had everything in place. I mean, 
the thing that sort of, I guess, irks me the most is that like I wasn't in business with him. I was his, his client, you know, and, and we trusted him. I wasn't a, I wasn't a, a, uh, a supplier that had let my invoices go out or not called my account for six months with him. I hadn't extended him into that yeah. possession, uh, position. Um, and he's gone, into this, that, he's gone into this knowing that that was the tack, that was sort of the way he was going to go. I like how you say that it irked you. I, I would have been like, I would have been using a much different word than that. Well, well, yeah. It, it was You're going to fucking kill him. Yeah. Let's, be, let's call it yeah. a bit. The and first, if we could still the, get our hands on him, we would fucking kill him. Or maybe Munro would. <laughs> oh, well, if, I think if some of my friends from Sydney were here with me, I don't think cooler heads would have prevailed. I think no. uh, we all would have been just as angry and yes. things would have things would have escalated. Yeah. Um, for the first three nights, I didn't sleep, you know, after I found out what was happening with the build. And that was when I think the, you know, that was the start of the whole traumatic process. And then the insurance company was, at one point I started to think that they were worse than the builder. Mm. Yeah. Because of the, the, to try and get, the payout from them, which was rightfully ours, yeah. um, it just didn't look like it was going to happen. And I don't know how many times we thought that we'd, we'd got somewhere with them. We were talking to lawyers, um, all sorts of people. We were looking at all different avenues. We were hearing that he was going to go bankrupt. We'd heard that he'd, he'd left the state. Um, he had a house that was on the market. All these things were happening and, and we just didn't know you know we what just didn't believe. know it. Didn't no, didn't know what to believe, what was happening, um, and if we were we were going to be all right. I remember I came home one afternoon and um, I just walked in the door and, and I just broke down, and that was the first time that I broke down. And, and Christy was asking me what was wrong, and I just said that I, I felt like I felt like we were losing. Yeah, I felt like we were. That was it. Yeah, I think one of the things that you know jumped out at me at your letter in your letter that you wrote to us just kind of detailing all this was you you'd put on you were so set on being the provider of the family and being their shield and everything else and you kind of again similar to what Chris Lloyd went through he, you forgot about yourself and you this was kind of your moment where you you were not okay and you needed needed to get some help yourself right yeah but just had tunnel vision yep just didn't see that Thought I was doing okay. Um, I just thought, right, this I've got to I've got to right this situation, and I I sort of had the skill set to do it. Um, we had a a friend who who came down and he looked at the situation. He's a builder, and he knew the situation we were in. And he, if it wasn't for him, yeah. uh, I don't know where we'd be right now. You know, he he stepped in and took over the build as the builder. But essentially, I was building my own house under his license. Yep. Yeah. Because he was in Perth three hours away and, and I was down the coast. And he'd come down every second Friday for about an hour or two and then he'd, he'd whiz off. So for two weeks, I'd be, you know, emailing all the trades, making sure uh, materials are arriving, um, making sure things are happening when they need to be happening. Also, you know, supervising the workshop at work. Yeah. Um, Looking, trying to look after the girls, you know, trying to be a a, a good husband to, to to my wife. Yeah. Um, and, and everything to, suffers, right? Because you're spreading yourself so thin, 
and that sort of yep. all of a sudden all these all these issues manifest into what what comes next for you, right? Yeah, yeah, just excessive drinking, not sleeping, um, continual. This is where the the anxiety, the anxiety and the, the sort of constant rage started to to surface for me. I mean, I, I know when. When, when you started to, to tell your story, Brownie, in particular, that there were things that you said that just, it was like I was going through a checklist and ticking them off yeah. um, about how, how your anxiety manifested with you. And yeah. and that was exactly the same way for me. I mean, I had I couldn't switch off. You know, yeah. the brain was always going. Um, yeah. You know, two hours sleep, three hours sleep, for whatever. Yeah. Um, flaring up at the drop of, you know, over yep. seemingly nothing at work Absolutely because there nothing, was yeah. just boiling blood just going through my veins yeah. all day, all the time. And I could I could still go to work and do my job, yep. but I look back at it now and even just the other day, the apprentice was like, what's what's going on with you? Why are you so happy? And I just said, yeah. <laughs> mate, I'm, I'm me. You know, this is what, finished this building is what the Jonesy house. Is, yeah. This is yeah. me. He hadn't yeah. known me any other way. Yeah, right. Wow. Because wow. he started a year ago when it all went pear shaped and yeah. he just saw me as this irate, grumpy <laughs> old man. This, this, is, what, this yeah. is what everyone from Sydney's like. Jesus <laughs> yeah, Christ. Yeah. Also wound just up. a bastard. <laughs> just a bastard. <laughs> you northern beaches pricks. So oh, how long God. ago how long ago did that go down where um where this other builder stepped in? Was this um Pre or post COVID? Um, so this is all this is all pre COVID. Um, so we we basically went on ice with the build. Uh, it was just after Easter um, last year, so two thousand nineteen, um, and it took six months to get the payout from the insurance company, which wasn't enough to cover our losses. Mm. It's capped. It's capped. These are all things that you learn when you. Have to start dealing with these guys. Yeah. Uh, so we we went six months without anything happening, and then we started to fire up. So I guess it was around about November. Yeah, October, November last year, um, just coming in the, in the lead up to Christmas, and that was that was pretty slow going to begin with because we had a house that was it was half built. And then we had all new guys come on site and there was just problems left, right, centre. Um, but Colin, was the, the builder, was he was amazing and he was able to, I guess, right the ship, you know what I mean? Get it back on, get it back back upright and get it heading in the right direction. Uh, and I just worked like a demon, you know. Yep. I'd, I'd come to site straight after work. I'd work till the sun went down, go home and then get on the computer and do emails. And I just did that. I think between the house starting up in October and April, I think I had two days that I wasn't working in a capacity. That's that includes Christmas and everything. Yeah. Jesus, I think you. Mentioned so I worked that- every I worked every day for about six months or more. Wow. Yeah, there's one of those things that um, Rob Pisto mentioned in his podcast was, you know, you've got to do those healthy habits, whatever they might be, and maybe that healthy habit is going to the pub with your bit, going to the pub with your mates and having a few beers, or for someone like you, it's spending family time or getting getting in for a yeah. surf. And you said you didn't, you you love surfing. You moved to Margaret River and you didn't surf. Yeah, you didn't surf for what eight months or something like that. Yeah, yeah, longer. 
yeah, I didn't see, I wasn't speaking to anyone. Um, I certainly wasn't having good family time uh, yep. and I definitely wasn't surfing. Um, everyone, every time I spoke to, any time I spoke to anyone else, you know, they were all, everyone was doing fine, you know, and I'd drive to work every day and there was about four or five homes that were getting built and I'd drive past them every single day yep. and you'd just see them just flying up and people moving in, you know, uh, just smooth sailing, hey. And yeah. that was just like salt in the wound every yeah, day. That, yeah, that probably fed that rage and, and all, all that anxiety yeah. and everything else. And that's one of the things I, like we talked about, like you sent that email to us on Monday, June 22nd. I, I did some notes, Jonesy. This is the first time. Well played. You, sh you should be, uh, it, oh, that's written on a receipt of mine. Yeah, I found this receipt. <laughs> you did it when you got here. I did it when I got here. This is your uh, one, of, one of your, okay. so, but anyway, so. You should frame that. Yeah, <laughs> where I I forgot where I was going with this. Actually, yeah. So I think one of the things I did want to talk about is like because you've had the isolation not once but twice, like when you're over in London and when you're yep. in in Perth. Uh, how can friends help and the like? And one of the things. So since that email on Monday, June twenty second, what you and I have had maybe four conversations, just made on made, yeah. like just kind of off the record stuff, but just talking about all this stuff. So doing exactly what we've done on the podcast with other guests, mm. but just doing it offline. And him and I talked about at length how can friends in particular help. And one of the ways friends can help is not don't get drunk and call your friends from afar. And I'm so fucking yeah. guilty of this. <laughs> I was about to it's say. Like, I, this is, the, the ir listen, the irony of all of this is not lost on me because I'm the king of drunk phone calls, right? <laughs> I, if, I can get, if I can get my hands... I remember one drunk phone call in particular. I got my... Um, somehow got my hands on Archie Thompson from the Socceroos um, phone number. God, and God, for, good for, God. For those, those of you listening at home in particular in America... Archie Thompson has scored the most goals for Australia in soccer history, whatever it is, 70-odd goals. We don't, football. I, we, yeah, football for, for that. No, no, yeah, football for the two listeners in the UK. <laughs> anyway, so this guy scored 70-odd goals for Australia in, in soccer. So I've, I've drunk, drunk dialed him about uh, midnight on a Saturday night and I've, I've offered him a position as left back in my um, 2013 <laughs> Pitwater soccer team. And anyway, I don't know what – this is a shit part of the story – Call your, don't call your friend. Don't drunk dial your friends. Like especially if you know they're going yeah. through a hard time. Call it's the last thing. It's I, call them during the day. Yeah. And I think in particular, yeah. like Jonesy's lived it twice, being in London and and WA, and I've also lived it in America. Like with the difference in time yeah. zones, you can't you, you can't both be drunk at the same time. So it's like you don't yeah, want yeah. you should you shouldn't be drunk calling your friends when they're sober. Give them a call during the day. Like. They'll know, like yeah. they'll pick. They'll pick the phone. There won't be too many times, Jonesy, where you won't pick up the phone at midday unless you're yeah. flat out at work. And it's just a ten minute chat. And often you don't even really have to talk about what's going on. It's just nice to hear a friend, yeah. friendly voice. And, yeah, yeah. And hear it, hear a good story. Oh, the girls going great at school. It's just that. I think that's yeah. one of the things you and I have talked about at length. That's the best way to be a friend. Is yeah. from afar like it's great being a drunk friend when you're in the same room and you oh, yeah. have these conversations it's, it's the phone call yeah. equivalent of coming to a party late and everyone else being hammered yeah and oh, yeah, yeah. You, you being the sober one just standing there Designated going driver. i cannot talk to any of you about anything because none of you make sense yeah and i'm not on the yeah, same I level just, as you like i 
I'd, I'd try and – I think at the beginning I, you know, was – was trying to there was there was a period there where I didn't want to talk to anyone because it, it actually made me sad because yeah. I I just felt like I felt like I should be there and that I was in the wrong place. Yeah. Uh, so it was painful to talk to to my friends. Um, but then there was definitely times when I would try and 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 reach out and talk to someone because I needed to talk to someone. Yeah. And for whatever reason, uh, the phone wasn't answered. But yeah. then I'd get a phone call at like nine o'clock on a Friday night here, yeah. which mean, means it's 11 o'clock over, over in Sydney. And I'm yeah. thinking, you know, it. Yeah, I'm not answering gonna, that, you're not you know, it up. yeah. Why? You know, and you're like, I'm you just going to, yeah, you're not going to, yeah, the that's not what I'm going to remember. That's not why I want to talk to them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not and, why I don't want to talk to them when they're maggot, you know, yeah. I want to talk I, to them because I, I need, you know, I need to talk to someone and yeah. have a, a proper conversation. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why I've really enjoyed our few chats like over the last yep. few weeks where we have talked a lot about this and kind of our problems and how how scarily similar out the paths we have treaded has been. And I think yep. I've I've been getting that a lot from a lot of people from this podcast. And and sometimes it's not a phone call and it's texts and messages. And I think that's that's the really empowering part of all of this is like if you tell your story to one or two people, you don't have to be on this podcast. Now, Jonesy's shown balls of steel to put all this out here. Mm. Um, we've done it similar, but you don't have to do that to get get all those same rewards yeah. that we're getting. And then you, you have those conversations. It's so much easier to talk about this stuff. It's like yep. you then you all of a sudden it's not poor me because you know what? Ben Jones is having a pretty tough time too. Adam Brown's had a fucking terrible time. Mm. Mitchell Barnes, Chris Lloyd, all these guys, all of us yep. men have very different but very similar stories. And now we're all comfortable yep. like checking in with each other. And that's, I think that's the best thing that this podcast is doing yeah. is kind of spreading this. So a question to you, um, Jonesy, why, why did yep. you decide to uh, kind of come forward and, and write that letter that you wrote? Because, you know, we've, We've met, touched on it a couple of times and how beautifully worded and eloquent, eloquent it was. And then I, in turn, shared my 18-page um, story <laughs> I wrote and it was like, you know, very similar to yours. Like, what yeah. what made you make that step? Uh, well, it was basically hearing you tell your story and I was out chopping wood, having a glass of red and... Do, and is that something you, you do often? Talk. Yeah, glass of red and often. chopping some wood. Never heard yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, <laughs> but I found that really interesting. Country folk. Therapeutic. <laughs> Therapeutic. Got to have a flannel on too. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, you've seen, you seen uh, Commando? The start yes. of that, Matrix? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, back to yeah. the show. <laughs> anyway. Um, it was it was when you started to talk about your suicidal thoughts that I just I just stopped dead. Um, have I got you? There? I think I've lost. I think I've lost all. No, I've got yeah, you. I've got you. I got you. I got you. And uh, it just stopped me dead in my tracks. And I sat down and I listened to it. And then I went back and I listened to it again. And and I kind of actually felt a little bit excited, strangely, because. It was like it was like you were the missing piece of the puzzle that made it. It all made sense for me then, you know. I mm -hmm. knew that 
that there was someone to talk to or that that it wasn't just me that was slowly losing my marbles yeah um okay. and so i just i just thought i just thought if that's done that for me then maybe my story might do the same for someone else yeah um and because yeah. all all the all the situations are different you know um yeah. with everyone that's been on the podcast everyone's got such a range of, of things that they've gone through, but Absolutely. a battle's a battle. Yep. Mm. Um, nice. And if it wasn't, I mean, I was just building, I'm helping my neighbour build his retaining wall for the last two weekends. And I just sort of was having a chat with him and he'd been taking a while to, to, to start with his build. And I said, oh, what's, you know, what's going on? And he said, oh, look, he said, I've just, it's just been really hard. I just, I just, I haven't been able to, to get my head around doing this and and i knew straight away yeah. i knew straight away that that something wasn't quite right and yeah. I, he just opened up to me yeah um but i wouldn't have had that conversation with him before i wouldn't have been yeah. in tune with it if i yeah. hadn't listened to your podcast mm. yeah well, you know the the, que- the cues were there yeah you know it's like the when you speak to someone and they say how are you going and they're like yeah yeah i'm going good yeah. but you know that they're not yeah yeah you that's know? not that's your work's not done with that first question is it no. yeah but but i think all too often in the past we've taken that on face value and just said oh Absolutely. yeah he said he's fine you know yeah just haven't haven't been able to to pick up on the the subtle you know the subtle cues that there's yep. something there's something going on one of the things we've liked to talk about kind of openly which i guess once upon a time was very taboo was um seeing a therapist to talk to us yep. about um how therapy helped you. And like one of the things in particular, um, you kind of gave us a bit of a therapy lesson itself, talking about living grief, which is actually what yeah. you, one of the things. Talk, tell us a bit about that. Um, so it was after your podcast, yeah. your Brownie telling your story, that I started yeah. to look into things. You know, I wanted to, to understand it a bit more. And uh, I'd had... So during during the um, the course of the build, we got to Christmas and it was New Year's Day, and I had a uh, a bit of a a bit of a full blown meltdown um, yeah. over a speeding fine. Yeah, um, just like the flashpoint, right? Just pretty much. This the was the yeah. This was the flashpoint, um, and we won't go into detail about about what happened there. Yeah, but no, we don't need to. Yeah, I, I, I was like a bubbling mess on the floor, you know, and I had this, this policeman sort of standing next to me, and he just said, "You need, you need to speak to someone." He said, "This yeah. isn't going to go away, um, yeah. and it's not just one or two visits, you know. Yeah. This is an ongoing thing that you yeah. need because if you don't, it's gonna, it's gonna get worse, you know. You're You'll think you're okay, you're but you're not. Yeah, yeah." Yeah, or you know, hurt the family, all these things. So, so that was the the point when when Christy and I decided that I I needed to to speak to someone. Yep. And I had I think two or three appointments with a therapist, yep. and I think the most important thing for for me, I mean, obviously being isolated, not having anyone to talk to. Yeah. Um, she was really the only one that I I could talk to. Yeah. Um, you know, she was my confidant. Um, yep. She was able to give me some guidance. Yep. 
and just just make me start thinking thinking more about you know my actions um what had happened yep and how to how to how to address them yeah Um, and because it's not it's not easy for for the partners either is it because they like if you're not really telling them what you're dealing with like how the fuck are they meant to know like they don't know the right things yeah. to say or do other than to be there for you you've got to you've got yeah. to open yourself up and that and that's where that therapy yeah. comes in right yeah yeah and so once you start opening up to the therapist then like i could go back home and then i could say to christy okay so the therapist said that basically what i'm going through is a form of living grief which yeah which is like the loss of a, a dream or the loss of a, a friendship or uh, like a, it's, 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 like a, it's like an immaterial loss. Yeah. Um, so basically I'd, I'd sort of lost everything I'd been working towards for the last 20 years yep. and my fundamentals had been turned upside down. Yeah. Um, so all of my core beliefs were, were they were eroded away yeah just shattered just like that and you blame yourself even though it's none of your own doing yeah yeah it was just like well this isn't how life's meant to be you know i've done all the right things yep and then one person is just one one careless person yeah has just come and just just shat all over it and then and then he's and then he's gone and disappeared you know it was so where you're at now? And when I, um, so basically, when I started to see the therapist, she just said, "You need to take at least a day a week off, oh, good. and just do not work on the house because the house is the trigger point. Yeah, that sure. is that is that is a problem. The house we live in is yeah. my trigger point. Yeah. Um, so she just said, "You just need to." Go surfing, you know. Go yep. mountain biking. Go for a bushwalk. Go, yep. go out with. Take Christy out for lunch. Just, just one day, or just go, just go play with the kids instead of going. I've got to do this. I've got to do that because yep. I can just keep doing that. I can do yeah. that all day. Yeah, because it's it's tempting. It's too easy to do that. But then yep. that's when things slip away. So I started I started surfing at least once a week. Yep, and just that in itself was was massive. Yeah. You know, happy, just happy to have have some time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It was it was that that was huge. That was a game changer for me. Um, and I started to have good days at work. Yeah, which I hadn't had for you forgot for about years. What they were like. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah for years feeling. and 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 I started to have ideas. The brain yep. was firing. You yep. know, things were things were happening. You know, it was. And then I started to get a bit of a bit of a positive momentum like a bit of a role going with yep. with everything yeah um every now and then look something happens and and yeah the the rage comes back but yep. it's not always there yeah. it's not simmering I, yeah and i feel like i know I, I i'm not speaking for you but i know from my own personal experience i, I think i'm better equipped learning what i've learned particularly from a therapist I've learned yep. to be able to, you know, just take a step back from those moments and just, you know, like yeah. Th- yeah. this is not this is not a day ruiner unless you make it's it a day pe- ruiner. And don't don't yeah, hurt, mate. Especially for you, you got a beautiful wife and two beautiful girls, and your dream home is almost finished. Like you got to yep. kind of stop and smell smell yep. the flowers. Is that the saying? Smell the yep. flowers. Smell the yep. roses. Roses. <laughs> stop stop the smell the roses. roses. 
Yeah. <laughs> my nose has been broken so many times, I don't smell too much. So, um, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, so it t- just tell us about, like, um, how important Christy and your girls have been um, in your journey, particularly in your journey to kind of recovery and kind of put life into perspective for you because I know what we've spoken about offline, like you can't speak highly enough of in particular Christy and her patience with you and her her family being there for you because it is hard, right? Like that yep. that's her family. It's your family too, but it's not your family. They're her friends. They're not your friends, even though they are your friends. It's it's hard, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's super hard. Um, I mean, she propped me up for, for so long. Um, you know, she kept me motivated when I felt like we were losing. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I was fighting the battles with the insurance company, she was there. She was always, always supportive, always helping out, always doing like all of the, all of the family work, you know what I mean? Yep. And helping me. Um, yep. She, she, she's really, her, her and the builder have been the only two people that have got got me through this in yeah, one wow. piece isn't that crazy I, I i just don't know where where, I, where i'd be without those two people yeah um, and we're so t- tell us how is ben jones's headspace right now um i'd say i'm probably about 80 percent back to normal yeah um i'm in a, a completely different headspace to what i was say two months ago Yep. Three um, months ago. Three months ago was wow. was I think when you guys started. Yeah, just that. That was about right. Yep. That was pretty much the turning point, point. Um, and that's when I realised wow, that. It's just amazing to hear that, mm, isn't it? Yeah. So good. Yeah, I got goosebumps. It's been. Oh, it's been a, a slow and and steady slide for like the last five six years for me, um, yep. and it all it all it all unraveled with the with the build. Um, so from that point, you know, I haven't been the, the same person I was and yep. I'm not the same person I was from a year ago. I don't yep. think I'll ever be that person again. Um, but the there's positivity again. Um, yep. You know, I, I don't I don't drive to work and look at those houses that are that are built and yeah, you know well, that's good. Look look at them with with the with it's yeah it's different. I don't I don't look at them the same. I don't even notice them. I look past yep. them now. Mm. Yeah. What's how um, how what's what's Ben Jones's plan to get from eighty percent to a hundred percent? Um, surfing. You more. said at the start. Um, you said at the start. You're a man with a plan. You've always been a man with a plan. <laughs> whether that's to go get yeah. belted at the pub or <clears throat> I can't. That, I don't know those. So what I've I've just started looking into into all aspects of health. Yeah. Um, look, I've done about a month of meditation. Yeah. Um, which that was massive just yeah, to have yeah. 20 minutes half an hour a day where you're 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 switched off from everything else yeah and and you just commit to doing it that's that's been huge for me um oh, wow. i've just been looking at my diet just changing a few things there yeah. and sticking with it um and and just getting out in the water and 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 committing to to being a bit more proactive in, in doing that because when you come, when you when you do something physical, the the payoff from it is is huge, and you, yeah. you forget what it's like when you're not doing it. Yeah, when you were you were a, a super athlete back in the day, one of the fastest beach sprinters in Australia, I do believe. We called him we called him the uh-huh. bone we called him the bone saw because <laughs> I, I 
I would have a 50-meter uh, running race with Jonesy. I'd get a 40-meter head start, and he'd beat me by the 50-meter mark because he'd just be running with these big chainsaw arms and legs, and he'd just mow every person <laughs> down in his path. And yeah, that was what he was like on the soccer field. He was the bone saw. That's funny that you should bring that up, actually. I forgot about your uh, beach sprinting days because that's actually how our families knew each other. Um, it's because yeah, my brother right. was Australian beach sprint champion as well. I think your, he was a couple of years ahead of you, though. Which brother? That's Michael. right. Fuck yeah. off. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. Mike Goldman was a, a beach sprinter. Yeah. Australian, Australian champion. Fuck. Yeah, no. Wow. What, what, what club was he with? Collaroy it was, I remember? think, at the time. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, like yeah, 500 yeah, yeah. years old now. This yeah. is Mike Goldman, yeah. the beach sprinting <laughs> champion. He's going to love that. <laughs> Fuck. Um, yeah. So that's, well, your brother, got, your brother was the national champion times a million as well, wasn't he? That's kind of where you yeah. got the speed from. Yeah, he was a bit of a freak. He was, um, you know, there was one carnival where he won the under 16s, the under 18s, and the open division. Um, yeah. uh, he was state champion, national champion, and he won a world title at the flags as well. Yeah, wow. Um, so I had to try and outdo him, but I, I didn't quite manage that. But I did get a state title, and I've got a state record with him in a, in a, a track relay. Well, you should be proud. Uh, but way. yeah, we were. Oh yeah, we were always we were always at it. You know what I mean? If it was, and then and then I moved into into uh, the Coleroy Strikers, yeah, we, with we with got, Brownie, and that we was got, a we got kicked a, out the ankle breaker. You were there, it almost renamed your nickname yeah. from Bone Saw to Ankle Breaker. Two thousand five yeah. champions, two thousand six. Oh, yeah. oh, we could do a whole podcast about the the ten years of soccer glory for Brownie. The glory teams, days, but, but we this is not what this podcast <laughs> is about. <laughs> Like after all of those battles that we had with like the insurance company and then me just working like a demon and, and the wheels falling off and all that, we got to uh, we got to March and we were still we were looking at moving in like sort of mid May, something like that. So a good two months away. And then the pandemic was coming. And and I'd been following it since like January. I'd be, I'd gone way deep on the conspiracies, and I was all over it. And I knew that <laughs> it had potential to get out of yeah. hand. Yeah. And uh, I could see a scenario where we would have the house basically almost finished, but we weren't going to be able to move in because we were locked down. Yeah. And I rang up the builder like it was there was a there was a particular weekend in March when it just went like. Everyone was melting. Everyone was going fever pitch on it. And I just rang up Colin. I said, mate, what do we need to do to get power and water and get this livable? Because we've got to get in, like, before this gets fully sideways. And uh, and we came up with a plan and we we managed to move in a month early. We moved in on Easter. And I took, I took three weeks off work to get it to that point and – the therapist was like, you know, I'm worried about you. I don't know how you're going to get this done, you yeah. know, with the, the pandemic looming. But she just said, look, just do what you can, get it done. And, you know, we'll, we'll try to talk throughout it. And then obviously uh, when the pandemic came, all of the – everything got shut down. I couldn't, I couldn't speak to her, you know. It was – that was a pretty wild time. But – we yeah. did get the house done and we got moved in and shortly after that you know essential services were the only ones allowed to work so um oh, wow. yeah that was that was like that was just the cherry on top you know 
as far yeah. as the actual pandemic, like we weren't even really thinking about it because we were in a battle that was much sure. bigger than that. Sure. Which is crazy to think because everyone was like, you know, out there fucking panic buying toilet paper. And yeah. I was just trying to. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, weirdly, I, weirdly, I was almost in the situ- same situation as you because we had Heath the day that lockdown sort of all the coronavirus hit. So yeah. we were like back and forth from the hospital every day. And yeah. meanwhile, at the same time, like everyone's panic buying and people were dropping us toilet paper and we're going, what the fuck? Like, why are you bringing us toilet paper? And like, meanwhile, outside world is crumbling. Well, we just didn't even think about it because we just had bigger, yeah. bigger fish yeah. to fry. You had so, no idea. Yeah. You really did you what no. was going on. It wasn't, yeah. It wasn't even on the radar. I remember you saying it when, when you were telling your story that uh, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't really something that you were, you know, your eyes weren't on that. Your eyes were on something no. else. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think that's actually been a good thing for us because that, I mean, there was obviously underlying stress that was coming with the, the, the pandemic and that, but it wasn't something that we were fretting over, you know? Yeah. It just wasn't wasn't a concern. Yeah. Did you want to tell a police um, story now we've got you? Oh. We probably shouldn't. So <laughs> wait till, it, it was, wait till the, courts, the court case is done. Uh, no, 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 it's all good. So it was, it was New Year's Day, and we'd gone out the night. We'd gone out New Year's Eve for for dinner, and the first dinner we'd had out as a family for like a year. And we just said, right, it's a new year. Let's just sign off. You know, good things are coming. Like it can't be any worse than it has been. Um, so we just went out and had a nice meal, and and then uh, you know went to bed early. And then I woke up and I was feeling quite sprightly and positive, and I thought, right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a surf. You know, I'm going to start the the new year on a positive step. And it was like eight o'clock when I left the house, and by like eight o two, I'd had a speeding fine. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this fucking bullshit speeding zone. Just because we live in a country area, it's quite rural, so there's like 110 zones, 80 zones everywhere. Um, but there's this one little spot that's like 50 Ks and it still gets me to this day because it's just one of those roads that is a big wide open road. There's nothing around, but it's just out the back end of town. And, um, yeah. And I just remember I I took off and come around the corner and I was doing about 68 or something. And then I, and he's got the, he's got the camera in such a good spot. The bastard. He's got (laughs) the same sus. They fucking know, don't they? (laughs) Fucking hell. Yeah. And I was, I was like, thinking great the surf's gonna be pumping and then i looked down and i saw the camera looked at the speedo hit the brakes and then i literally stopped in the middle of the road like full <laughs> screeches and just fucking locked up and then i just fucking exploded i just lost it and then i drove off i drove off and i was just like fucking motherfucker like i, I was just, i was peaking i was peaking and i was just like right right settle down settle down it's not that bad and then I, I stopped and then and uh, I pulled over and I was like, just deep breaths, you know, get, it's, it's not that bad. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck this. And I turned around <laughs> and fucking went straight through the speed zone, then came back and I pulled up next to him. And I was just, I, I don't even know what happened. I just, I don't even know what I was expecting to happen. <laughs> but he gave me, he gave me attitude. Hey, he was just like fully dismissing me. Wouldn't want to talk to me. And that just infuriated me even more. And I went fucking skits at him. I just fucking lost. I melted. I went psycho. And then, um, and then I, I, I drove off. 
And then I pulled up the car about a K down the road and then I just fully broke down and I was just like, what just happened? Like what, yeah. what I just, I just want to, I just want, I just want to start. I want a new fresh start. You know, I, I just felt like, uh, yeah, this surf was going to be the like, start of 2020. I just kept getting tested. My result, my resolve. Yeah. My resolve just kept getting tested. Like just yeah. fuck New Year's day. Let me go for a surf. Let, let me do something good without it being, you know, destroyed. And uh, well, so then I turned back around and I went to see him again. Yeah. He's like, got out of the car. He's got out of the car and he's like, mate, stand back. You've been reported as a suspicious person. There's backup on the way. I was just like, what the fuck's happening? What is happening? I'm like, I can hear sirens like, you know, in the background. Like, What's going on? And I tried to, I, that's when I tried to talk to him and I literally just like a mess of words came out of my mouth. They weren't even words. I couldn't make a sentence. And I just like my knees buckled and I fell down and I was just, just like just tears streaming down this is on the main road there's like 50 cars just sailing past looking at me yeah and uh it's like a movie scene what's a movie where fucking michael douglas loses his shit he just falling gets down, falling yeah, down. Fall, yeah. <laughs> ben jones in falling down literally literally, literally. i want a cheeseburger <laughs> oh fuck i'm glad you called back for this story yeah um and i'm glad you can laugh about it now because i was saying to nathan offline i was like um i wish he had a told that story because it was such a comedy of errors and it was like the it was like that scene in in that michael douglas movie falling down it was like the peak yeah. of everything and it's and it's probably if it didn't happen to that cop it was going to happen to someone else so and yeah, I think you well, probably you never quite realise it at, at the time. I think it's always in kind of retrospect. You never know when you when you actually you don't know if you've hit rock bottom during the exact time. But I think yeah. after the fact, looking back, you can kind of identify it. Mm. And I think I think I know yeah. for me, my rock bottom was like when I was just crying in my mum's spare bedroom, and I I couldn't even explain why why I was crying. And mum's like, "Let's get you help." And this is kind of yeah. very similar. So, I mean, I didn't abuse any police officers, but um, I do have a few speeding fines from the last couple of months. So, I'm not, I'm not um, a clean skin myself. But sorry, mum, about all that stuff. And then, but yeah, that's and a then, great story. Um, I remember then, I went, I went, I went back to the the cottage that we were renting on the on the farm, and because the the cop had told me that to expect expect a visit you know the boys are coming to see you so expect a visit and the cottage is really hard to find where we are in the farm so i knew they'd go to the farmer's house i was like fuck like pope pope the farmer he's, he's a psycho he doesn't get along he doesn't get along well with, with police so I you're gonna cause a murder there. here pope's got the shotgun at the ready yeah yeah I get off my lawn he does he does he was cleaning the I, I went up there one day and him and his son are cleaning guns and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Yes, we're getting ready for the virus. I was like, fucking <laughs> hell. Well, they weren't playing, hey, he was serious. And so anyway, I went up there. I went up there to tell him. I said, I said, guys, look, I know it's New Year's Day. I'm in trouble with the cops. They might show up looking for me. And he was just like, what have you done? And I explained the story. And he's Do you like, want a gun? He was just like, I'll tell him to fuck off. Don't worry about those. Was like, I'll fucking, uh, I'll second C bomb on the show. I'll have to quack that out. 
guys, I'll, I'll, I'll sort him out for you, mate. Don't worry about that. Um, so that was that was uh, that was a, an interesting start to this to to this year, to this year, yeah, yeah. yeah. to yeah, this year, year. Yeah. 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 Now look at us. Yeah, uh, twenty twenty fucked actually, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what? How oh, many demerit? How many demerit points did you lose? I, I lost nine in one drive when I was driving from um, Port Macquarie to Sydney to get my athletes home before COVID in March. So nine in one drive. <laughs> but that wasn't easy. I don't easy. think I lost that, was, that many. Oh, good. Oh, because they, they let you get away with murder on the roads, don't they, in those bloody small town states? Yeah, I don't even think you need to lost in Perth, do you? Yeah. <laughs> this has been a great chat. Yeah. Um, do you yeah. have anything else to add, Nathan? Or I think we've gotten to the crux of what happened. Um, yeah. If you don't have anything else. No, I just no? I just want to say, uh, Jonesy, thanks for coming on, man. Um, this chat's been great, but I've really kind of valued very highly our kind of four combos we've had between over the last four weeks. And I will we'll keep this going. I, I just can't encourage, yeah. mate mates enough just just talk to your friends especially now like you know jonesy's had a tough time so he can help others going through tough times who maybe maybe they don't weren't comfortable talking about it with me but they might be comfortable talking about it yeah with, with jonesy i, I think. feel like 100%. we've started a bit of a chain that can just keep going yeah. and like what i was going to wrap up with was that uh, like outside of this show just as you and and bone saw chatted like we're both happy to do that with anyone even if, if they don't want yeah. to come on the show, like we're happy to do that sort of thing. Nathan and I have been on both sides of the mental health battle. So um, we'll obviously continue to dip and peak because I don't think it, yeah. the, I don't think the story ever ends. I think we just no. continue to learn how to deal with it and, and what we need to do. Um, I'm still learning about my mental health and I'm still learning yeah. so much about like other people's mental health, like yours and my partners and yeah. stuff like that. Um, and, I just um, I'm like I'm so happy that people like you have that do come forward, even just to tell us that like we've we've helped in some sort of way. It's an amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think your your story is going to help a lot as well, Bones. So man, I love you, buddy. Um, we'll, we're going to keep talking off air, and um, thanks so much, man. It's been yeah. an absolute pleasure and honour to have you on on the podcast. The best. No worries, guys. Thanks, thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for for doing what you're doing because um, it's turned my life around. Oh, um, man, I can't so really can't say that enough. Goosebumps again, look. <laughs> <laughs> so next episode's going to be an MTV style cribs where you're going to show us through oh, the yeah. new house when it's all done. <laughs> show us what's in yeah. your fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Housewarming party, uh, maybe twenty twenty five when we're through this pandemic. Yeah, we'll come over. We'll bring a fucking Northern Beaches wreckings crew. We'll fi- <laughs> we'll find that we'll fucking builder. <laughs> Actually, no violence on record. Well, we'll undo all these good work. We've got a few fortieths coming up next year, so you know that oh, whole bandwagon's about to kick off. Yeah, wow, he's right. You know, yeah, he's right. Oh, yeah, boy. All right, man. This has been awesome. So, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. I, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, it's just so appreciated. And yeah, and, I think yeah. you said it best. Yeah. It's hard, hard to put into words. Bones, you love you, buddy. Thank you, man. We'll, uh, we'll chat soon. Cheers, guys. Take it easy. Thanks, All mate. right, see you, Bones. See you, you legend. All right, bye, see ya. mate. Bye.